0: Hi, my name is Craig Tim, And you're listening to The Craig Tim Show Thank you for finding me There on your favorite podcast station In this program We are going to hear what God has to say About living the Christian life He is going to tell us All the things That we can do better We are going to get challenged We are going to find out Where we really stand In our values and beliefs to Him But the best thing is that He always gives us inspirational encouragement to be better and to overlook all of our doubts and our concerns. That's what our program is all about. But I want to begin with a disclaimer, first of all, for today's message. This program is being produced in early 2021, while America and the rest of the world continue to fight a new world order trying to overtake it. And yes, it's... COVID 19. And I I sure wish everything would get back to normal, don't you? How many times have you heard that phrase in the past year? I wish everything would get back to normal. Well, there's a variation of that phrase, just like the virus now has a variation being passed around. Actually, it's multiple variations we're finding out. Kind of like a flu virus, you know, it continues to mutate every year, and the vaccines are just a guesswork anyway. That besides the point, what we keep hearing today is, I can't wait until we can get into the new normal and get our lives back. So how many times have you heard that new phrase about new normal? But first, we've got to find out what does a regular normal mean before we can even think about a, quote, new normal. See, according to Webster's Dictionary, the word normal means conforming to a type a standard, or having a regular pattern in our lives. But what I find out, through my own scientific research, of course, is that everyone has their own definition of normal. What's normal for me is most likely not normal for you and vice versa. And no matter how messed up any of us are, we all have our own feeling of what normal is. Normal is what's familiar to us. No matter how bad it is, the bottom line is that it brings us each comfort in our own individual way. Now, I want to share an example, and frankly, it's not a pretty one, but it's one that many of us have all heard about, and that is spousal abuse. See, the one being abused knows that it does not feel right, and many times it doesn't look right, and then everyone around them tells the person what is happening is wrong, So now it doesn't sound right to them. But unfortunately, the abused spouse has been in this relationship so long that these actions against them just have a familiar comfort about it, a a security, so to say, and it's what they call, quote, normal to them. Sadly to say. How about the Israelites in Exodus 14, verses 11 through 12? They cried out to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us into the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Serving as slaves was normal for the Israelites because that's all they knew in their lives for many generations after they were captured and and, and moved over there out of Israel. So let me ask you, are you normal? By our opening statement today, I don't know if you can give me an answer to that. Can you? Well, let's expand on that same question here a moment. If you ask the same question of people from different cultures and backgrounds, you will receive different answers. Exactly what we would expect, right? And with that, We can also say that what might be normal in America is not normal in other parts of the world and vice versa with that. In my previous vocation, I've traveled extensively in other parts of the world. And I can tell you because I have actually heard the locals tell me that we Americans are considered extremely self-centered, entitled, and just frankly weird, you know. However, most of us would probably consider saying something similar when talking about other people that live in the other countries. I believe you would say that is probably an accurate statement, wouldn't I? What I have found is, in fact, some of the things that people do in the northern sections of America are considered strange and not really normal in the southern part of the country and vice versa that. That just shows me and it just it just tells me that Americans don't even feel that we all live a normal life together in the same country of kinsmen. And then that goes on to tell me we can't even be united in our daily actions as Americas between north and south. Now our children, they also learn this early too. One of those most persuasive arguments is to get parents to purchase some item. Because everybody's got one. And that phrase implies that if your son or daughter doesn't get one, whatever that one thing is, then he or she will be considered abnormal. And we as parents certainly can't stand for that. We work hard to maintain our children's self-esteem. We certainly don't want them to feel bad about themselves, do we? That's what most schools are teaching today. It's the Dr. Spock way, and not from Star Trek either. After all, what will the neighbors think if we have an abnormal child in our home? So, we end up running, or correction, probably driving to Macy's or Best Buy or whatever store has that thing our child wants, and we buy it so that they can feel normal. Hold it. Wait a minute. I, Again, I spoke... Too quickly, I get so excited. Sorry, this is 21st century and not many drive to the stores much anymore, do they? We get online, we pull up Amazon, we order it for overnight delivery right to our front door. And that way, the child will feel even more special than the normal because it was specially delivered right to them at the door. So, do you feel normal yet yourself? You know, by the way, it just hit me that I may have not shared the title of today's message earlier. I am so sorry. I get so carried away and so excited to share what God wants us to hear today. The title of today's message is, What is Normal? Now, I want to change gears here real quick. and I want to talk for a moment specifically about you who call yourself a Christian. As a Christian, are you considered normal? True normalcy is living the life that God designed us to live as his greatest creation. Take a look at the early church. What was normal for them? What are we not doing today that was done in that time? Can you think of maybe anything in particular? How about a cry for the church of today to get back to the normal ways of Christianity as in God's word? How about that? It's a novel idea, isn't it? The way things are is not the way things are supposed to be. And it's time that the church gets back to what is normal. I say that one again. The way things are is not the way things are supposed to be. It's time that the church gets back to what is normal. See, the church was born in the power of God's spirit. And to think that God would limit the power of his spirit to that time alone is to limit God himself. No matter what you might think, you cannot limit God. I cannot limit God. He promises us that the end of a thing is better than the beginning. So I, for one, I'm ready to be part of what God desires to do. And it's time we allow God to get the church back to the place she's supposed to be. Now, Acts 2, 42-44, through 44, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Let's listen to what Peter says in 1 Peter 4, verses 1 through 5, so listen carefully. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. And as a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, uh, carousing, and uh, detestable idolatry. They are surprised that you do not join them in their reckless wild living, and they heap abuse on you. Did you hear verse 4 where Peter said, They, those in the world, think it is strange that you do not do the same ungodly things that they do. Did you hear that? They are surprised, the world. They are surprised you do not join them in their reckless wild living. And then they heap abuse on you. See, Peter is saying that to people of the world, it is normal to live an immoral life. And those who don't embrace their lifestyle are considered weird or abnormal. And this adds to the Christian's dilemma each day because no one wants to be considered strange or abnormal, do they? One of the least complimentary things one can say about another is, he's really nice, but, you know, he's a little bit strange. Again, no one wants to be abnormal, am I right? We don't want to be considered that. But as a Christian, the world views us as being abnormal. Now that begs me to ask you the question, why does the world consider Christianity abnormal? What do you think? Actually, Two worldviews in our culture, I believe. The non-Christian worldview, and Peter refers that back into uh, verse 3 about the pagans and what they did and everything, but for the non-Christian, the purpose of life basically is to find pleasure. He spends all his time and energy and resources towards that one goal, his personal pleasure. At the basis of each of his decisions are these questions. What would I like best? Which would I prefer? See, the more pleasure he finds and the more displeasure he avoids, the more successful he thinks his life will be. Now, the person who did not pursue pursue pleasure or tried to avoid displeasure, if at all possible, they would be considered abnormal to the non-Christian worldview. So if you didn't pursue the pleasure or try to avoid the displeasure, it would be considered abnormal to those in the non-Christian view. Well, listen to this example. The worldview can be seen by looking at the Roman arena in the first and second centuries, where Christians were thrown to the lions. So the Romans believed the purpose of life was pleasure, and they could not understand why those Christians were so stupid. There was certainly no pleasure in being ripped apart by a lion, All the Christians had to do to be freed from that was to say, Caesar is Lord. But they wouldn't do it. They would not denounce God. And to the Romans, this just didn't make any sense, of course. Now, the other view is the Christian worldview. And Peter actually refers to that in uh, verse 2, I believe it was. The Christian also enjoys pleasure. Of course we do. We all want it. And... We certainly don't like this pleasure. Of course we don't. But that's not our purpose in life. For the Christian, the purpose in life is to glorify God. We devote our time, our energy, and our resources toward that purpose first and foremost, to glorify the Almighty God. At the basis of each decision are these questions. What will bring more honor to God? What would He have me do? And when the will of God is involved, pleasure has nothing to do with it. A Christian is aware that this life is only temporarily here on earth. He realizes that what is most important is pleasing God and not pleasing himself, even when that may be painful. Now, there will always be a clash between these two worldviews. Jesus predicted it when he told his disciple this. If you were the world, the world would love its own, but because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. That's John fifteen nineteen. The problem is that many Christians are constantly tempted to justify their behaviors and lifestyles by the non-Christian worldview. That's because we want to be viewed normal. Therefore, we're We're caught between those two worlds trying to justify what is normal from the Christian worldview and the non-Christian worldview. See, even today, there are those who remain faithful to Christ, although they are maliciously ridiculed by their peers. There are those who remain strong in the faith, even though their husband or wife is an unbeliever, and it makes their lives very difficult because they have chosen to serve Jesus. And when the will of God is involved, pleasure is not the motivation. Often the behavior of the world and that of the Christian are compatible. They don't always clash. There are a lot of pleasurable activities that are considered neither spiritual or immoral. All right, I'm going to cut right to the chase, right? We're hearing what is normal for the Christian and what is abnormal looked from the uh, non-Christian the world view. So let me ask you this. What is normal for the Christian? It is normal to live as we have been designed by God. How God has designed us is the way he wants us to live. It's that simple. God created us. We didn't come from apes or galactic matter or slime or mud or any of that stuff. He created us in his image. He placed within us the need and the desire to enjoy life and be free. Wouldn't it have been cruel and out of character for a wise, loving God to design man with that need and desire and then command him to live in a way that's unnatural and contrary to that design? That wouldn't make any sense. Christianity is life's greatest destiny. Meaning that what we find or gain from our pursuits is not our main objective. And this can be found in Matthew 6, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. What is this verse really saying to us? It means to put God first in your life, to fill your thoughts with his desires, and use his character as your life's pattern to keep implementing his kingdom values here on earth. But on the flip side, it's not normal for the Christian to live in self-imposed misery. Some will ask, well, if all that's true and Christianity brings peace, inner peace and, and, and joy, why are there so many tense, unhappy religious fanatics out there? Well, unfortunately, there are those Christians who live miserable lives because they truly believe that is what God has called them to be. They end up placing heavy burdens by religious demands on themselves because they feel That's how God wants them to live. But they're wrong. This is not the spirit of the New Testament or the result of properly following Jesus Christ. If you are miserable, don't blame God. He's got nothing to do with it. Your perception of God might, but not the reality of God. So it might be your fault if you're living miserable. You can't blame God. He's not causing you to live miserable. You're choosing to live that. Remember, Remember that. 1 John 5, 3 and 4. This is love for God, to obey his commands. And his commands are not burdensome, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world. And when we follow the design of the designer, it fits and it feels good. We've been designed with different kinds of needs. Those needs can be classified as physical, emotional, social, and spiritual. By following God's word, we can fulfill every one of those needs. And that's why people in the world who claim to have no belief in God cannot find true fulfillment. They're always in a search mode for something to give them pleasure and satisfaction. They can never find true happiness or hope, or satisfaction until they turn to God Almighty. Are Christians considered normal then? It just so happens that it is the most normal thing that this life has to offer. Like having true unity in the body, where you're able to share the burdens of one another and care for those in need. True unity is that we don't compete to see who has the best this or The best that, but we are only concerned and focused on the kingdom of God. True unity doesn't look at the social or economic status between one another. It doesn't look at race. It doesn't look at ethnicity. It doesn't look whether you're male or female. True unity only sees Christ and his kingdom and is born out of a desire to do our part to keep the kingdom advanced with sincere praise and worship among the people. Sincere praise comes out of the heart that is in awe of God Almighty each day. The church has to be aware, though, of what they have made with this modern praise that they all are doing now. See, many churches have made modern praise to be about the method and the style more than about the purpose. I can tell you, God's not impressed with the content. He is looking at the intent of your hearts. That's what he's looking for. Now you go in churches today and the praise and the worship section is more like an American Idol competition or an audition for a music recording contract or something. And in other places you go, you get a song service that is filling in the time slot with absolutely no life or praise at all. God himself is stirred by the true praise and he promises to inhabit the praise of his people. Now, to inhabit means he wants to dwell and not just visit. God's looking for somebody to fill his house with a sincere heart and a sincere attitude of praise so he can feel welcome and dwell in that place. How is your church doing with its praise and worship time? Is your place being true to God to see the manifestation of the Spirit? Are you seeing signs and wonders and miracles in your church? These are much part of the kingdom today as they were in the biblical times. We're not going to miss it. It's the same today as it was yesterday. Recently, someone asked me, why don't we see miracles like we used to here in America? Well, I think the reason is that our society and in our churches today, God and his power are just one of many options for people. A few years ago, a good pastor friend of mine told me that What he was seeing with the church is that it had become a menu item for Sundays. Much like when you pull up to the ordering box at your favorite fast food restaurant. You drive up, get your food, move on with your day. Many people get up on Sunday and decide, what are they going to do that day? And church is just another item on their personal menus to pick. What we need to do is get to the place where God is a necessity once again. Psalm 103, 2 and 3. Praise the Lord, all my soul, forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all of your diseases. If sin, sickness, and death were a part of God's will and his ultimate plan, he would have never sent his son to die on the cross as an act of all-out war against these things. But it is not God's ultimate plan. His intention that his people walk and enjoy the full blessings of his kingdom so he can pour out his spirit upon you and bring life, joy, peace, hope, and healing to you each day. The problem is man has been living subnormal for so long, he's come to believe that normal is abnormal because that's what the world is telling him. But when you are living as you were designed by your designer, it's the most normal thing that you can do. Anything else would be out of harmony and character and nature of God. What God created in the Garden of Eden, he described it as very good. And when a man walked in perfect harmony with God there, that, my friends, is what God intended all along for mankind. Lord, we thank you for this word to challenge us on what is normal. Because the world says we're abnormal. But we're trying to live the normal life that you have given us, that you desire us to be. So why do we feel abnormal and rejected? Because the world doesn't like you. Therefore, if we're part of you, they're not going to like us. And they're going to make us feel bad about it. They're going to make us feel bad. Out of sync and abnormal and just rotten that's what the enemy wants to do to you but i'm here to say that god doesn't want that lord he has given us the directions he has given us the words he has given us the promises and that's what i pray for you today To hold on to those promises. To listen to what he says through the apostles. Read through Acts and see what these people did back then. As they exploded from the Holy Spirit and what they were. Out into the communities. Out into the different cities and villages that they went to. How are you each day? I'm praying for you that God is wanting you. To be normal, not the old normal, not a new normal, but normal Christianity walking with him. Thank you for listening. God bless you. And may the Lord take care of you and you see his promises come true in your life each day. Amen.